This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Good morning. If I got this crazy uh, grin on my face, it's because in about 15 hours, I'm going to be in 70-degree weather. Yeah, I know that all of you aren't. And so, uh, thou shalt not covet. You may go home. (laughs) So anyway, I am excited about uh, taking a week off uh, to be with my wife, my wonderful wife, and spend some time with God. And we have our, usually our vacations are the best devotional times of our walk. And that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to. Um, On uh, another note, um, this week, Wednesday, again, Pastor Chad, I can't say enough, this is an area that our church is moving into, the discipleship. So please get your calendar ready, begin to look at it and go, this is where I believe God's going to unfold his plan on a, uh, you know, on a daily basis. Who is God in your life? And then small, um, small groups are going to be kind of unfolding in this discipleship. So if you have questions about small groups and say, hey, pastor, where's our small groups? Because our small groups are going to really unfold within this discipleship model. And the other thing is our youth, again, starts again this week. And uh, pastor uh, and evangelist Randy Don is going to be here. He's going to be here for the, you know, uh, the weeks to come. So I'm excited about what God's going to, uh, to bring in the space of the time with our, our young people through Randy Don. He's also going to be preaching this next weekend coming. He's going to be preaching on vision and on serving. And he's going to really try to unfold the, the power of service and service unto our Jesus um, because that's one of the things that is on our vision in this in our church is to grow love reach to worship and to serve and to servant lead and he's going to unfold it in the service so please be praying all week long what is it that the lord put inside of you i mean i guarantee you that you know one of the things i've learned is the joy in serving my god and your god serving our god touches our the bible says keep the spiritual fervency high by serving god and so if, you, if you're here today and going, man, my, my temperature with God just is kind of mediocre. Well, where's your service? I don't know where you're at in that place, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to always keep that space. In fact, this, this morning, I was, you know, it was freezing this morning. So I got here early and, and uh, grabbed some bags of salt that I had in the barn. And, and uh, man, my hands, I don't know about your, my hands did not want to be outside today. You know, and I was grabbing the salt and putting it in the back and being in the front. And, you know, thanking God, even though it's so cold, but I was allowed to serve. To serve, and sometimes we get in that that space of begrudging. But well, today I want to talk about uh, my one of my favorite spaces and understanding of when I first got saved was love. My love for God was it was transitioning. I was becoming regenerated of who God was in my life over and over and over every single weekend. I'll never forget the first song that really touched me in my worship after I got saved was Majesty. 
And that song still today, every time it's sung, every time I sing it in my own heart, my, my whole life just gets lit up with him. Why? Because it was the first space where after I got saved, it was a song that the Lord had opened up my heart to see him in a way I'd never seen him before. And so when we talk about love today, it's a lot different than the world. In fact, the Bible says in these last days, and we're not going to turn that today, but the love of many will grow cold. And it was talking about the church. And the love of many will grow cold. And, you know, and so when we look at it, God is always trying to condition our heart because he wants you to hear his voice. Your heart needs to hear God's voice. And so when he gives you like this little prick or he gives us this little unction or this little bit of movement, he wants to know whether you're gonna go buy coffee for the person down the street or you're gonna go over and, and have an opportunity to pray for so-and-so. And maybe, you know, you, you just, you follow those unctions because you have no idea. And what we have to do is understand we're children of God. We're supposed to obey him in the little things because he has big things in store. And when you don't obey the little things, which means you're not, when those little things that you're obeying him, it, what it's doing is it's positioning you into the place where God wants you to go. Kind of like an orthodontist movement. You know, when I, I, had, I went to orthodontist, my kids have, many of them have gone to orthodontist, and it's, you're, you're moving those teeth just a little bit at a time. They're, they're not where they're supposed to be. Every time you go there in the, that month and you have that meeting, your teeth still aren't where they're supposed to be. They're not, they're not in the space where you want them to be or even where the orthodontist has seen them to be. You're not in the place exactly where God wants you to be, but he's positioning you through your obedience and your love to condition your heart to get into that space. That's what love does. That's why God asks us to give. Because God doesn't need our money, but giving conditions our heart to be in the place where we're supposed to be. That's why God wants us to serve. That's why God wants us to worship. That's why God wants us to be in devotions. Every single space of what I've just shared, in fact, all of the, the, the six things that we've asked you to do about uh, as far as our vision, to grow, to love, to reach, to worship, to serve and serve and lead, every single one of them was intentional to be picked up because every single one of them do something different for your heart to be conditioned to be in God's space. Every one of them. They're all unique in what they are, yet many times they kind of will have overlap in it. And so we're going to read some passages about love, obviously, because that's what we're talking about. God is love and that you are to not only love God, but you're to love others. In fact, you're supposed to love so much that you're supposed to love the unlovable. And there's no way in the world you can do that without God. That's the thing is you're supposed to love the unlovable. Well, before we get there, Ephesians chapter 4 is our passage that we're having throughout this series, and it's all about conditioning, again, our whole lives with his gifts, and where, why does God put gifts in the church, and why do we even have a vision? Ephesians 4.11, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists like Randy Don, the pastors and the teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of our God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we'll no longer be immature like kids. We talked about this last week. 
We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps, and what does this do? It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body's healthy, growing, and full of life. 173,000 people in Muskegon County, we want to touch 1% of them. The vision of our church right now is to touch 1%, so that's 1,700 people we're looking to reach because we believe that if we can reach 1%, equip 1%, in this community that we can change the climate that's going on inside of this community. We believe that Life Change Church was put here on purpose. We believe you're here on purpose, that you're a huge integral, you're a vital part of that. That's why we're here, to help equip you to do the service unto your king. So on that, uh, with that same thing in mind, Matthew chapter 22, talking about love. Matthew 22, verse 35. Jesus speaking here, one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap with this question, tried to trap Jesus. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. 1 John 4, 7 says this, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 1 John 3, 16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Of course, the one that most of us know by heart, John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his only son so that everyone who believes on him will not perish, but have eternal life. Let's pray. Father, I just ask that you help by your Holy Spirit, the great teacher, the great counselor, to lead us into understanding that our lives would have application to your truths this week that our li- we would go into new places in our love with you and understanding of you. The things that we would say, things that we would do, Father, wouldn't be of us, but by the power of your love inside of us. I ask for this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, as I had talked um, and mentioned earlier, that God is always trying to condition us to have a heart of love. And that we as a people struggle. In fact, in the Old Testament, Jesus was, you know, talked about in in, uh, this divorce. And and he says, well, why did, you know, why did Moses' law permit divorce? And and Jesus responded, he says, because of your hardness of heart. And I believe today that we're living in a time that culturally where there's so much hardness that goes on inside of hearts because there's so many offenses and so many frustrations and there's so many things that are going on in the space of our lives. And And what these things do is they condition our heart to be walls and, and protect ourselves from it. And we being all of us sinners, we do things that are going to be wrong or, or even sometimes pictured maybe, maybe wrong, maybe they're not. 
But the point of it is, is that God wanted our hearts to be conditioned with love. He made it this commandment to be first and foremost in every thought of our lives. It was supposed to be there, right at the, the mandate. So everything that you do, everything that you say, everything that you react to or don't react to is to be conditioned in the space of love. And I just read some passage, you know, that you, you lay down your life, you lay down your thoughts, you lay down whatever it is. And I've had some of these examples and I'll, I'll give you a couple of them in my own walk. But the, the point of I'm trying to, to, to make with you is that, is that we have to watch out in these last days. The Bible says we would li- live in days. Daniel refers to is a time of, of intellect, a time of knowledge that would be unsurpassed. I think all of us would agree that we're living in that day. We're seeing things invented and things being done. We're just like, what is going on? And it's, it's happening at such a moment. The book of Daniel talked about these times. It was the last days. But I want to share something else with you. It says that knowledge puffs up and love edifies. So that means that the more knowledge that we get in our culture, the more knowledge we get in our society, the more puffed up our culture gets. The more we think that we don't need God. I think we all agree that we're in a society that people think that they don't need God because we've got knowledge. Again, I'm giving you biblical literacy. This stuff shouldn't surprise us because this is what the Bible said it would happen. In the book of Timothy, it said that people would be lovers of themselves, boastful, prideful. That there would be a time where people become, you know what, more about, it says they, they deny the power of God. Let me just tell you something what the power of God is. It's love. In fact, I'm going to return or turn to a, a passage right now in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, if you would. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It talks about this love. God's word tells us that his love lives in us, his power. Acts 1, 8 says, if, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will receive to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. So backing up to point number one, which is in point number two. Point number one says love is powerful. It's the center point in God's kingdom. Everything centers on, say it with me, love. Say it again. Everything centers on, so love. So when you get up to heaven, that's the first and foremost. You're going to go, you're going to smell it. You're going to taste it. You're going to see it. You're going to feel it. Every sense that you have and then the God sense that you maybe have are trying to exercise is going to be love. It's going to bring you to new, new places and understanding of what real love is. And so what should we be doing now as Christians as we take time in our devotions? Say, God, reveal what love is to me. Reveal what love is to me. It's power. In fact, underneath 2A, it says love is powerful. It's expressive. You'll see it hit your brothers and sisters in Christ through words and service. Many of us have seen the power of hate. We've seen the power of division, confusion, frustration. But have you seen the power of love? I see the power of love every time I'm, I'm, I'm asked to do a service of a wedding. And I love how that the Bible talks about Jesus in the church. That's what it's supposed to be like, is a groom and a, a bride. And you see the two, there's so much love that that groom is just waiting for, for his bride to come down that aisle. And you see the power of that love. And you see her. And, and usually what I, I always love about it is, that, is one of the two just breaks down. Sometimes it's the dude. Sometimes it's the dudette. But it's just so much fun. And I have to really watch it because I get literally pulled into that space with them. 
And the next thing I know, I'm here to try to tell them vows and I'm in tears because I get literally moved by the expression of that love. We should be moved by the Holy Spirit. When we see people in our workplace, when we see people out there, you know, you know, literally hungry or thirsty or people, you know, literally getting a divorce going on, and they're so broken down in the space of our environment, we should be moved. But sometimes because we see so many things going on in our life, we are hard. We just, well, it's just another day. It's just what's going on. It's just, that's, that's what's normal, Pastor Ron. I get that's what's normal. But God's love moves. God's love is kingdom. God's love is expressive. God's love is longing to bring his plan. And what I believe that the reason we're not seeing miracles today and the anointing today and the things that are breaking out today is because I really believe that many of us are hard because of all the pain that we've been around. We have seen so many things wronged and been a part of. Number three, God's love is expressive. In 1 Corinthians 8, 1, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Galatians 5, 6, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love, which means that, look, if you really trust God, then love is gonna find a way. Recently, I've been um, getting a lot of calls for people to ask me to pray for them because they're contacting COVID. More so than even a couple years ago. And so what I'm noticing is the fear that's attached to it. It's not just the COVID or it's not the symptomatics of it. It's the fear that's attached to it. And so what I love about in 1 John, it says that perfect love cast out fear. And so this really isn't about a symptom of COVID. It's really about how much you know how much God loves you. And that God wants to get you on the other side. It's no different, like can you put yourself, and this isn't part of the message right now necessarily, but if you could, remember the disciples that were in a storm and they're, they're going to get to the other side of the Red Sea? Not the Red Sea, the Gal Sea of Galilee. Wow, Red Sea, whatever. I'm thinking of Moses. The, the Sea of Galilee, they're trying to get to the other side. And Jesus said, I'll see you on the other side. And they're frantic about it because they're in a storm. And Jesus looks at them and goes, where's your faith? It's because their, their love of knowing who God was inside of them was not expressing itself. Their fear of what was going outside of them. And in the Old Testament, love couldn't get inside. Love could only get on the outside. That's why Jesus came. That's the whole purpose of Jesus dying on the cross was so that love could get on the inside, so the Holy Spirit could get on the inside of our lives and this power would move inside of us and would do the impossible. But if we're bound by what's going on the outside, what it does is it grieves the Holy Spirit on the inside. It quenches the Holy Spirit. It, it literally, it damns the Holy Spirit. Here's this Holy Spirit, so powerful, so full of love, longing to express itself in your workplace, longing to express itself with your child, longing to express itself when it comes down to your marriage, longing to express itself in miracles. And all of this power on the inside, it's literally squelched 
because of your circumstances that you are literally caught up with on the outside. And it's all you're talking about. How do you know where you're at? It's by what you're talking about. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. So if my thinking is about my circumstances, whether it be what's going on in the media, whether it's going on in my symptomatics of physicalness going on, whether it's going on in my marriage, whether it's going on with my children, whether it's going on with my church family, if I'm talking about that, then I'm not literally listening to him. Because the love on the inside has got so much. He goes, really, is that what we're going to make this about right now? Because I can imagine when Jesus, when all of a sudden he had all the little children come to his lap, and all of a sudden the disciples go, we ain't got time for this right now. Jesus goes, this is exactly what we got time for. Because love makes a way. And really, what I see today isn't about the lack of faith as much as the lack of love that's attached to the faith. Faith works by love. People have more literacy of Scripture. People have more literacy, lit, uh, literacy uh, promises of God. People can quote things. They can Google it, and they can tell me in five different translations. But they won't move at all because they have so much hate and frustration and so many opinions and junk inside their heads. We have filled ourselves with the world and not emptied ourselves of the world and allowed the Holy Spirit to flood our day. The Holy Spirit is so longing to express himself through your life. Every historical moment you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is because of love. For God so loved the world that he died to his do you think that Jesus didn't get frustrated with the situations? Oh, you know he did. Do you think that Jesus was wondering, why in the world are we still here? Why are we still talking about this? But love paved a way and overcame all of the frustrations. That's what love does. Love builds. Love trusts. Matthew 5, 43 says that you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward is it? What reward is it? Are not even the tax collectors. They can show this kind of love. This was tested in my life years ago when I had uh, a new job. And uh, my new employer, because of my faith and because I was ignorant in my expression. You know, the, the Bible says that zeal without knowledge, not a good thing. And uh, so it gets you in places where you, didn't, you shouldn't be. And so um, I lacked a mentor in my life that could have said, look, you know what? You should talk about that in your break hours, not your working hours. So anyway, I had an employer that said, I'm going to get you fired. That's, um, he pulled me in the office and he says, you're going to be fired. And it was because of my faith. And so I was kind of honestly inside of me, I was puffed up. I thought, you know what? This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know who's on my side. God's on my side. He's going to get fired. And so I walked outside and I about prayed. I just about started to pray. I said, God, take that man from his position. And God quoted this scripture in my heart. He says, I thought my word said, 
love those who hate you and say all manner of evil against you and persecute you. And now you want to remove a man from his position because of your first obstruction in your walk. Where's your faith, son? Where's your trust? Where's your love? He says, pray for him. So I prayed. I said, God, I pray he has a good day. And he goes, what's that? I go, that's all I got. He says, well, that's all I got for you. I said, oh, it's father. I pray that his marriage is hot. I pray that he and his children are walking and blessed in their way. I pray that everything that he touches, it just goes well. I pray that his work environment, you see what I'm doing? God's teaching me his ways because love is different than the world. God's ways are different. And many of you struggle like I do. You follow your ways in it. Your heart is conditioned to deal with things on a way of a human, I just, I'm just protecting myself. I'm just dealing with it. I'm just going through. And your heart is conditioned, but it's not conditioned by love. It's not conditioned by God. It's not conditioned through it. It's just conditioned to protect itself. Well, Pastor, you don't know. I do know in some ways. I have been through these hell's experiences. And what God says is love those that are unlovable. You know why God says that? Because God wants your heart to be conditioned that no matter what circumstance comes in your path, that you can hear his voice. That you can hear his voice. Because there are gonna be circumstances in your life that in your path that are gonna hurt or frustrate you, confuse. Can you hear God's voice or all you hear is frustration, confusion? What are you hearing? Because God wants to know what you can hear. Can you hear his voice in the storm? Or can you only hear his voice in the midst of fasting and praying in your little space where everything is calm and not gonna be trialsome? Because you gotta hear it. The Bible says God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If there's one thing I've seen is love has, doesn't have a condition of circumstances. Love has a condition of who he is in your heart today. God's love is not human origin, but received through life filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5. This is an easy one to probably get inside of you because I always remember. Sometimes I associate my life with memorization of the scripture. And this one was easy for me. I, I can't drive 55. I just struggle with speeding, okay? I just, you know what I do? I struggle with it. So um, I'm, I'm learning to deal with it. I also struggle with facials. This is something my elders are helping me with. Um, you know how they say that your, your language, your communications, 80% body language? I struggle with facials. Okay, I, I, I am easily read. So if I'm disappointed, there's my face right there. And, I can't, and I'm like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to give a different face to it, but I'm struggling with my facials. I'm pray, can I tell you I'm praying about it. I go, because what's happening is I'm hurting people as I'm struggling through the trial. I don't want to hurt people. So I'm, I, I, I've learned how to control the words, but then there's this crazy thing called body language that seems to be more communicative than words. So I've got 20% of it down, 80% I'm epically failing. So now I'm praying to say, God, you can do this. 
You can change me so that my facials don't show that you are crazy, right, y'all? So that my, I can deal and work through this because I want to help you in the journey. I want to help you in the journey. Romans 5.5, 5, because God poured out his love into my heart by the Holy Spirit whom he's given. Say, God, I don't know how to drive 55. And Lord, sometimes I don't know how to love but Holy Spirit, you do. Fill me with your love. Now I wanna talk about a person who, had, who was growing in a hard heart. So I'm gonna give you this example. We're gonna kinda of go through it rapidly here. Jonah, okay? Now Jonah um, had reason for frustration. Jonah had reason to not like a people, okay? Um, the Ninevites, uh, from basically the Babylonian Empire or whatever at that time, um, they were very hard. They, were, they would persecute you, which means they would rape and pillage people over and over and over and over and over, God's people, doing uh, atrocities that you and I can't even imagine to do. So Jonah, in his heart, has calloused himself to say, I don't like these people. I don't like them. I struggle with them. I don't, and, and what happens is, is that, see, when people do bad things, God wants your love inside of them. Always hope for the best. Always hope for the best. Jonah, because of all these woundings inside of him, he doesn't hope for the best. He hopes for the, that they get justice. And God all of a sudden challenges him in this moment. He goes, hey, Jonah, I want to send you to Nineveh. And I want you to prophesy to him. Jonah is feeling the tug in his heart. Jonah is feeling the tug of obedience. And he's going, I don't, uh, no, I, I'm just, no, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. I want them to get their, their I, want, I want them to get what's coming to them. So we pick this up in Jonah 2 verse 1. And I'm just going to read a few passages to help you understand. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. So we know that Jonah's sailing the wrong way, okay? Here's where Nineveh, that's, this is Nineveh, and Jonah goes, yeah, no, I don't think so. And some of you, God's going, look, I want you to pray for so-and-so, and you go, yeah, I don't think so. Hey, I want you to buy coffee for so-and-so, yeah, I don't think so. Or somebody going over there, hey, I, I want to really, I want to, to serve the children's ministry, yeah, I don't think so. You're literally wanting to go the wrong way. Your heart, God's talking, but your heart isn't conditioned to listen because maybe you had, your experiences are really contradictory. Maybe you had a bad experience in children's ministry. Maybe you had something going on with, you know, I don't know. I know that one of my elders said, Pastor, I'm not sure what you're doing right now. And maybe it's the bad lasagna they had last night. So, you, so what happens so many times in our life is we go through experiences and we make decisions based on experiences, not based on what God's saying. So here's Jonah. He's sailing the wrong way. He gets in a storm. Read it in the book. Jonah. It's only a few books. It's a great book to read. And, and he gets in a huge storm. And, and he goes, this is my fault because I'm disobeying God. Some of you are in a storm because you're disobeying God. God's talking to you and you're disobeying God. Chucks him out of the boat. Gets in a fish. Let me tell you something. God's taxi is a little different. Okay? He's always, got to get a, he's always got a way to get you where he wants you to go. His taxi in this time is a, is a crazy fish. He's in a fish, all right? And this is what I love. It doesn't get worse. So when anybody says, you don't know how bad it is, it doesn't 
never get any worse. This story always gives me encouragement because I don't care how bad my life's got, it has never been the bottom of an ocean in the belly of a fish. And yet at this pace, there was still grace from God inside of this moment. Jonah goes, maybe, maybe that I should think about where I'm at and lean into God's path and not mine. Maybe I should come to a place of obedience. Here we are, Jonah chapter two, one. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. So if you think that God doesn't listen to you, you can't be any farther down the bottom of the ocean in the belly of a fish. If God can hear you there, he can certainly hear you where you're at today. Okay, I called you from the land of the dead and the Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean, the depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever, but you, O Lord, my God, snatched me away from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. As your marriage is slipping away, remember the Lord. As your finances are slipping away, remember the Lord. As your work job, as your place of occupation is slipping away, say it with me. I'm saying it with excitement, all right? I remembered the Lord. All right, come, can you bring some? I remember the Lord. No matter what I get into, I put in remembrance the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you, O your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. I'll fulfill my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit me out. Now I've seen puke in my life. I've never seen this, all right? This has got to, can you imagine? A whale, have, has anybody ever been in the presence of a whale? Anybody ever been around, presence of a whale? I have, okay? Been down in uh, California, went on a trip. Literally, this is how good God is. God's so cool. So anyway, we get, we look on all the dates. For months, there has been no whale sightings. They actually showed dolphins and blah, other things. They said, no whale sightings. We already paid for our trip. Boom, we get on the boat. All right, and we go out. God is so good. He wants to touch us so much. We hit the record. This, this business had been in business for 14 years. They had never seen this many whale sightings, ever. Isn't that awesome? I mean, I get excited about that. God loves me. He's gonna go, I'm, he gets a kick out of this kid. He goes, hey, I'm gonna move this fish over here and this fish over here just because Pastor Ron wants to see a fish. All right, let me tell you something. They smell bad. They got the nastiest breath. They were literally, I don't even know, half a mile away. Whoa, whoa. I mean, just some nasty breath that goes on in these fish. All right, so can you imagine Okay, can you, three days, Jonah is in the space of that. All right, so I don't know about you, if that person came in my presence, I would believe anything just to get him away from me. <laughs> what do I need to do? Get you away from me in my space. Anyway, Jonah is in this place and yet he's still, let me tell you something, the power of a hard heart. God is moving him, he's moving towards Nineveh, he's in Nineveh, and he's gonna do what God wants him to do, but his heart still isn't in it. 
You ever have that maybe in your marriage, maybe in your church family, maybe in your giving or whatever, your heart's still not in it? God's conditioning you. He's talking to you. Jonah chapter three, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. By the way, when God speaks to you a second time, you should probably listen the first time, right? Amen? And deliver the message I gave to you. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command, went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On that day, Jonah entered the city, shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now Nineveh, you'll be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard that Jonah was what he was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on the heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent his decrees throughout the city. No one, not even animals from herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had stopped their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. Now, exciting, Jonah. He's now in Nineveh, doing what God wants him to do. God's doing amazing things. He's changing lives. He's changing hearts. Everything should end. This is a Cinderella story, right? This is all great. But not in Jonah's heart. Not in his heart. That's why the whole book of Jonah is written. To change the Ninevites and to show us the condition of our hearts. Chapter 4, verse 1. And we're going to end on this. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah. And he became angry. So he complained to the Lord. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you were a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead and alive if, if, if what I predicted will not happen, the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? So let me just really quickly close. What's happened here is a space of helping us see that even when somebody's obeying God, that their heart cannot be right. That the most important thing in your walk always is the condition of your heart. That's why God wants you to pray For those who abuse you, say all manner evil against you, persecute you. Jesus hanging on the cross. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Stephen being stoned to death. God, lay not this charge against them. Love compels us. It's so powerful, it moves the literal galaxies. And the the God of love longs to get inside of our lives and enlarge himself. Which means this, that the breadth, the length, the height and depth. And what I love about creation is this, that God always shows us these spaces in our creation, our creative ways to show us who he is. For instance, in every sport, there is, whether, I don't care, you know, the ones I was in is, was wrestling and, and basketball and track and, and water skiing, but the most important thing was conditioning your body to be able to do more. Not even doing the actual sport, but it was conditioning your lungs 
to be able to do it first. Breathe, the breath of breath. And you know what's what really, that's what God wants us to do first. Before any miraculous, before anything great happens throughout your life in God, God wants you to condition your heart to take in more of the breath of God. I should know the breath, the length, the height, and depth of God's love. Where are you at? Are you literally asking for God more? More. Never has there been a day where there's been so much separatist, so much flare of racism, so much division and confusion. This is, should be a time where our, the love of God would move in us more than ever. But is your heart conditioned to, hey, they're gonna get what they deserve? Because maybe, like Nineveh, they did bad things. Maybe you want bad things to happen to them. Let me tell you something, you want bad things to happen to people, your heart is not right. Your heart is not right. I just showed you the worst, one of the, the, the worst historical moments right now, Nineveh. And God said, never want ill toward another. Because that's not God. God wills no one to perish. Did you hear me? Not the worst sinner, not the worst rapist, not the worst serial killer out there. Does God will anyone? He doesn't will anyone to go to hell. But he wants all to come to the saving life of Jesus Christ. He wants that candle lit every moment. That's what he wants, for people to come to him, the prodigals to come home. In fact, in Samuel, it says this, in the last passage I'll talk about, Samuel says it this way, he goes, God devises ways for his banished ones to come home. And this is the context of Absalom, someone who's really doing bad things. God wants people to come home to him. God wants no one to fall in the space of the enemy. No one to get carried away in lies, in hurts and frustrations. If you're here today and you're in a space of hurt and frustration, you're in the space of where you just, you know, you, your heart has been confused, mixed up. I'm sorry, I get it. We're in that world. We're in the space where there's things and then whatever's happening is happening in a rapid space, more rapidly than ever. Never has there been a generation where the generation has to deal with so much nonsense. But it doesn't change the truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that in whomsoever would believe on him shall not perish, but come into everlasting life. That in the midst of this, that like you could feel like Jonah way in the belly of the fish. You could feel like you're in the bottom of all bottoms. Will you remember the Lord or will you remember your pain? It's your choice. Jonah could remember the frustrations. In fact, over and over again, he remembered what was going on in Nineveh. It was a real struggle. And God was working his heart and saying, okay, Jonah, let's take this out. Let's take this out. Let's take this out. Let's take this out. I'm so thankful for the long suffering of God that has taken so much frustration out of my heart 
that I could hear his voice. And I still have a lot of, a long ways to go. So please bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm gonna pray this prayer. It's a prayer of dedication to God. And if this is the first time that you've ever prayed that prayer and accepted, or maybe you're, again, at this point, taking your heart and, and offering your life again, you're recommitting your life to Jesus through this prayer. When we get done praying, come up and light that candle. Show God. Show his angels. Show the devil you're lit up for him. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, here I am. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that can lead my life. May I not follow my own inclinations. May I follow you, Holy Spirit. Fill my heart with your love. Give me the strength to obey. Here I am. I'm all yours. Amen. Let's stand up and worship our King together. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.